We're about to talk about all the topics affecting the LGBT community starting now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Woo! Oh, shoot, that takes you back. Guys, hi. <laughs> Welcome to Gay Weekly Roundtable, where apparently we're going to talk about every topic. Every single one. LGBT community. No pressure. So, hunker down. We are your hosts. I am Adam Salandra. Feel free, and in fact, do find me on Instagram and other social media at Adam Salandra. His pictures are great. Ooh. Thank you. An endorsement. And of course, I am your host, Tony Moore, and you can find me on all social media platforms at Lounger with Tony or my website, loungerwithtony.com. And I am Blake MacGyver, <laughs> and you can find me across the social medias at social media Blake MacGyver. Guys, okay, I need to reel it in right <laughs> yeah, now. I'm hosting through, a show. Our special guest today is none other. You've seen him on Drag Race. Uh, You've seen him wear next to nothing on Drag Race. In but fact. here he's fully clothed. But here today, fully clothed. Apparently Sorry. we don't want ratings. Yeah, but uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> Maybe that'll be later. Anyway, Jason Carter, Hi, everyone. Hey, 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 hey. Guys. Blake, Tony, Adam, Salandra. Yeah, oh, I got a Salandra. last name. Salandra. Hi, guys. Wow, I'm so excited to be Thank here. Thank you for being here. And Yale's out today, so you're up here with the people cool. talking to us, which yeah. is why I think, I, I don't know, I'm a little out of it. Tony spilled my coffee before this, and it was a blessing. Oh. No, I, that's why I'm telling you, did me a favor. I said I was sorry. I'm not trying to call you out in shame. I'm truly thanking you because I forgot Although that I had to do that intro like in little, the beginning. A little shade. A little shade. A little shade. I forgot I had to. Well, I threw a little shade in there. But there was a little shade. No, it's for the best because I'm a mess, but I'm here now with you on. World AIDS and Day. And we're here with you, too. <laughs> You're going to need to be here for yes. me, apparently. Yes. Because I might space out a few more times. <laughs> it is World AIDS Day. Um, that is, of course, if you are unaware, to recognize the fight, the progress we've made with the virus and what still needs to be done in the future. Uh, I listened to Obama's address today, his final one, before we throw it over to Trump and... Um, and see what happens there. Uh, Rihanna and Prince Harry got tested together in Barbados, so oh, that's nice. your World AIDS Day you know, fact. You know Prince Harry's got a thing for chocolate. He, does he? he? His girlfriend's Meghan Markle. She's half black, half white, and so, well, you know, come well, on. Dude, who dude, knows what happened there? Um, <laughs> did you do my homework? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know my Prince Harry fact. You know, I know the reason why I knew that was because I was at Ralph's, and I was reading a magazine about it. <laughs> <laughs> was like, I was that like, works. Well, that's considered doing your homework. Oh, yeah. Yeah. no. Coincidentally, it's like I'm supposed to see pop culture, like, factual, but dude. But it's so deep, and it's like, I don't know, I never talk about Prince Harry, but when you get HIV tested with Rihanna, it, it makes it, I mean, yeah, people it's worth a mention. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But there was a lot of talk about, in this speech, the progress that has been made. Of course, the Obama administration has made great strides. It was important to him. Uh, and one of the things he mentioned is how the Affordable Care Act... Uh, allowed people with the pre-existing condition to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Now that's something Trump wants to get rid of. Which brings us... I feel like we're always talking about Trump, but hello, this just happened, there was election mm -hmm. season, now mm -hmm. he's president-elect, mm -hmm. and he's picking some scary people. Now you know Blake's our political correspondent. Reluctant mm -hmm. political Come correspondent. Come scoop us <laughs> up and rock Very us like babies and make us feel better. But you can't. I know can I can't. I can't rock anyone uh -uh. with this. Well, I mean, this news is rocking, rocking yeah, people's worlds. But side. okay, so it's just it's it's it goes from bad to worse. So we already knew Pence. We talked about Pence right, a couple weeks ago and his voting record and all of that. But so now we have an attorney general pick, Jeff Sessions, who has voted to ban same-sex marriage and exclude sexuality 
orientation from hate crime legislation. Yay. What a great guy. (laughs) He also co-sponsored a bill in Alabama to enable the state definition of marriage to supersede the federal Supreme Court decision. So he's just all kinds of bad news. Um, So that's just one. Uh, Chief of Staff Priebus uh, has been quoted saying heterosexual parents are the best case scenario for children. So that's where he stands. Um, And uh, Mike Pompeo, CIA director, uh, has expressed similar views. So it's just, you know... Here, here, here's the reality of, of all this, Blake, Tony, and Adam. Okay, so, you know, <laughs> I, this election, first of all, it happened. We, we, all we can do is move forward. Correct. It, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a wrap on that. But I feel as though, and I've been, and with, I've been talking about this for a couple weeks now, but I feel like we're, we're mad at Trump because Trump is, for lack of a better word, okay, Trump elicits his visceral response within us and the LGBT community because of things that he said prior to, but Trump's really not the issue. It's it's like when you watch Game of Thrones and you have the king who's a young boy, right? You lost me already. But look, I'll, I'll, <laughs> okay, so and then all the people around him are older, more wise. So they're the ones they're the ones making the decisions for all this stuff. But at the end of the day, all these things about overturning gay marriage stuff like that is probably not going to happen because you can't just come into power and say, "Let me change this, this, and that" that easily. And also, there's there's power in numbers. And again, I'm not the political correspondent, <laughs> but I do think that when Trump does is inaugurated in January and and, and things start to um, move in his move in the direction of his administration, I, I do I do think that it's not going to be as bad as people are anticipating. I think, and even more hope that that's true. Right. My concern is the fact that just it's happening at all that I believe so far every single cabinet pick is against LGBT anything. Which, I mean, the Republicans, so I guess it really it's not that shocking overall. But they're to, the, to an extreme level. If nothing changes, and gay rights even move forward, great. But just the fact that that's what's representing our country for other countries to see, and for the people in our country to see, like, these are the leaders, this is what's right. People that are committing crimes and saying, well, Trump's my president now, that's just the beginning. And Trump, for me, is... I don't know if this is what you're saying or not, but the least scary of all of them. Absolutely, he is the least scary of all of them. So, but, but, it's, but it's because he does need the help from the others that the underlings rising up is terrifying to me. And I also think LGBT people uh, so far are, should be the least scared of all the groups. Like, we have it easy compared to other groups. What, but, uh, well, but it's a gay show. So. What, what, no, but what <laughs> other groups are you talking about? Uh, Muslims, mm-hmm. uh, immigrants, mm-hmm. separate from Muslims. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say women worse than gay people, but they've uh, they definitely on the, par the, the, the women I'm talking about they are very. Uh, it's hitting them hard, but that's ignored. And, and just, I'm sorry, real quick. Just disclaimer: I'm not for Trump. Yeah. Just, just saying. I'm just as I am as we've all been digesting the, the events that have transpired over the last month. It's. I had to, you have to put yourself in, or you don't have to, but I choose to, I choose to subscribe to the notion of, well, what's the, what's the lesser of two evils? Like, you know, it's not, someone had said to me that this is, this, we, we could almost go back to the Holocaust era with Trump being in office, you know, trying to like compartmentalize, um, like Muslims, homosexuals and stuff like that. But I think I have to stop and think, okay, well that probably won't happen. So I guess the point I'm making is that where a lot of people are, are scared and I don't think 
it's going to be that bad. And I hope, I, like you said, hope right. hope is all we have. Right. Hope is all sure. we have. So and I'm like you said, that. it's done. But yeah. my only counter to that is we do have to stay diligent. Like, of course. We cannot get apathetic just because, and you're probably right, those things probably won't happen. We are probably not going to overturn the Supreme Court decision. We are probably not going to lose gay marriage. Right. Marriage equality. Um, but the thing that upsets me the most about this entire election cycle is that Trump's campaign has ignited a hatred, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic right. culture. It awakened, it reawakened people that had kind of been dormant about it, kind of been sure. apathetic about it, now sort of feel like they have a stake in the game again. Right. And that's the part that really upsets me. It's not so much that, you know, the individual people, they can only affect so much change. We know how long it takes things to get changed in Congress. We know how long it just takes a bill to get on the docket. Right. So the, for me, it's more about the social climate that we are creating. That's how I feel. That's how I felt on election night when I was on the East Coast. So I went to bed before the results and I thought, well, Hillary's still going to win. But just the fact that it's even so close... Because of what Trump used to to gain vote, like the uh, the the sort of the message of hate more than love um, is that was what scared me, and that still is what scares me. Even if nothing else changes, even if Trump becomes a great president, because I don't know what's going to happen, but it still started on this uh, feeling of of badness and hate, and that is what bums me out. Is Am I the only person that thinks that uh, these Republicans are just closeted gays? I sh- definitely I not. Probably, probably think some of them some are. Of them are. Yeah, I think absolutely. That's fair. Fair. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that's any, fair. Anytime that I I have read like who he has is adding and and how they're so anti-gay, this my first thought is like closeted gay, and in a few months we're going to realize that they were in a bathroom tapping their foot and <laughs> yeah. trying to like. Get it on in the bathroom. The reason I do think that often is because what inside you uh, brings up so much hate? Great question. You know, Adam, it's so funny you ask that because, okay, so you said you're on the East Coast for election uh-huh. night, and I I was here in LA and I was I watched everything. And of course, it looked like it looked like Hillary was going to win, and then when Trump won, it was like, wow, this is very indicative of how America still views what they think. And you have to stop right. and think, okay, so why did they vote Trump? Now, I don't think I don't think all of America is anti-gay, anti no, you know, There has to no. be there has to be. I mean, my older brother is an is a is an I'm sorry is an officer. In the United States Army, mm-hmm. he voted Trump for obvious reasons right. because you know it just—it's like you know you—it it goes hand in hand. But um, you Blake, you said something about doing our due diligence in that you said that I don't know about awakening um, people that have always been racist that have always been. I think I think that you are very very right. And you know, I, I host another show that's very politically charged. And the comments from people, what they say, it just blows my mind how much hatred and how and how much. Just, just hate is the only word that I that I can think about at the moment. So, as the LGBT community, when I speak to other people of members of the LGBT community, you are right. We definitely need to be even more, more staunch and more obstreperous in our in our voice and in our actions of letting people know that we're here, we're queer. You still need to get used to it. Yeah, you know. And it's an interesting point, actually. That what if there is a, the bright side to this whole thing is. This, if this hate existed, the racism, all of that existed, but it was just people didn't really believe it. This is shining a true spotlight on it. So if we want to do something about it, we will more now than if Hillary won and we were like, okay, we're fine, and then we just sort of and forget just, about yeah, it. Get quiet. I mean, right. I, I do agree that yes, you know, in this time that we're going to have Trump, we do need to band together and make sure that you know we continue, hopefully, to show him that 
we want to progress forward and not have him set us back. I think that the reason why all this hatred and racism and things are, are now not so dormant is because and no shade to the people who who I'm about to discuss, but these are people who have not been outside of their comfort zone. For sure. These Correct. are the people who have grown up, lived their entire life in the same city with the same people, and they're not blessed to have the opportunities that we have had to go outside of our communities and realize that there are so many different types of people that you can love and accept um, and that they're no different from you. They go to work like you. They love like you. They bleed like you. um, They hurt like you. And when you don't have that, that opportunity, you're you have blinders on. You have filters on. And I and I think that's why. So, you know, we can only do so much. You know, I would love to go and reach out to them and realize and teach them that, you know, we're all the same, but if they don't do it for themselves, then... But Tony, okay, so you guys all made valid points about community. That was something that we said, um, a running theme that we have in this conversation, but I, let's take it one step further. So we want... And I, I don't know if you guys have discussed this before, but this is one of the things about the LGBT community that I find is a little bit contra- contradictory is because we now... Okay, so now we're saying we need to band together and do this because we have a, a new evil on the horizon. Mm-hmm. But within our own community, we don't band together. Don't get me started on it's that. When our, when our own community, we're... So it's, it's almost like... We're, wouldn't that make us a little hypocritical? It's always hypocritical. Yeah. You know, like, because we're, we're saying, oh, they're going to take away all these things for us, but when I walk into a club, guaranteed, there's some, there's going to be someone there saying, oh, he, I, I don't date blackies, or he don't have this, or, th- judging me, ripping me to shreds based on my appearance, but we want equality. We want, we, we want togetherness. We want all these things that now that we have this, now that the Kraken's been released and mm-hmm. Pandora's box has been opened, we want all these things that we can't even give ourselves. Right. So, I mean, so where, so where does that leave us? Unfortunately, that's a whole different issue and thing because, you know, how you just said um, uh, you can walk into a club and someone will say, oh, I don't date, you know, black men. Um, then people will say, well, that's just... Preference. I, that's a preference, and I'm not sexually attracted to to a black man or a ginger or an Asian man or someone who's feminine and things like that. That's understandable. However, comma, you still have to love and accept people for who they are. For and sure. not And not want to interact with them because they don't fit some sort of prototype that you have in your mind as to the type of people that you want to be around. I Does agree. that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And just to touch back on with the, um, you had said that people, l- let's just let's just keep it one trill. Middle America. Mm-hmm. We are fortunate, as you said, Tony, to live in Los Angeles. And, and in LA's a hyper bubble itself. For sure. But mm-hmm. we're forced to step out of our comfort zone because one, we work in entertainment. And two, there's so many different walks of life that we come in contact with every day that we have no choice but to do that. But one of the things I've learned reading comments from people, hateful comments from people, or having conversations with people who don't share the same views as I do, is that it just drives home the the fact of how much more you need to be aware of your values and stick to them. Because I feel like people are so wavering now. You know, they're, 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 when you're, when you're afraid, you want to latch on to things like religion or you're easily influenced. We become, and I, I shouldn't, audience, I'm not trying to generalize a lot of things, but I think that when people don't have a direction, they will follow the, the, the most likely powerful personality, sure. powerful, like Hitler yeah. and, and, a, and a charismatic individual. So that I think there's a silver linings to this whole Trump thing that, that we just need to 
over time will rebuild themselves. Again, using your your word, Adam, hopefully. Right, right. And that's all... Well, that's all we can do in terms of what they do. Right. Players. And it, kind of my biggest thing about, my biggest soapbox about this is that, uh, you know, and myself included in the years past, I've been so uninformed about who is representing me. Absolutely. And now I think is a really great time if you haven't already to, like, figure it out. It's it's one, it's the easiest Google search in the world. Yeah. Your district, your yeah. state, your, you can find all of your representation in the federal government. Um, get informed. Know who it is. Know who's speaking on behalf of you. That is another silver lining, is that, for, for me personally, Personally, politics, not interested, never paid attention. You and me both. It changed this uh, past year. I was like, oh, for sure. Know. And um, uh, I'm still maybe not going to be at the front of the line of these things, but it is waking people up. No matter what side you're on, it is waking people up. Yeah, it is. I'm, I, that's why during most of these uh, political uh, discussions, I sit here very quiet because <laughs> I'm also just very drained but, about yeah. like discussing... Trump and and oh my god and everyone being nervous and what he's what is he going to do and my whole thing is I can only just hope and pray that you know he continues to move us forward and not progress us back right. and so many people have have come up and just said listen the election has happened nothing is going to change about it nothing is going to be overturned we now just have to give this man a chance yeah well if we're going to be willing to give him a chance we then have to hope that he's going to do right not just by one certain group of people but by all of the uh american people correct for sure which is i think why we're so scared because we don't think that that will happen (laughs) but truly i couldn't give you a guess of what's gonna happen good or bad like i don't know so i guess we sit if we survive bush we'll survive trump yeah well yeah true i mean we did have because we were all a little nervous about about bush and he was elected not once but twice and we all said on pins and needles and then we were like oh my god yeah now it seems like simpler times yes but speaking of simpler times, we do have the holidays. Yes, yes. we don't need to note. worry about Trump constantly. We need to celebrate with family and friends. Yes, yes. and perhaps you're our holiday correspondent, Tony. I will be the holiday <laughs> correspondent because this is something that I love to talk about. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. Same. So with the, with the holidays, you know, continuing to approach, we just had Thanksgiving. We have Christmas coming up. Indeed, um, there are <laughs> indeed. There are holidays. There, uh, there are, you know, certain traditions and things that people do in order to get themselves into the spirit. And since mm-hmm. I knew that we were going to open this with politics, I wanted to lighten it up and just find out what traditions do you guys have for the holidays and what makes it the holidays for you all? Oh, well, oh, please. Oh, sorry. Um, well, I've lived... So I've lived in L.A. for 11 years now, so I don't really think I have a, an, a holiday tradition being from L.A. because I'm from a cold state. I'm from New Mexico, so we get all four seasons, and, you know, when the holidays roll around, you you feel like it's the holidays. You feel like it's it's a it's a happy joyous time but living in LA it's 85 degrees on right. Christmas day so you kind of it's like, it's like this it's like this huge mind fuck but um are you go- allowed to say mine uh, <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> why well, well, are we going to be censored i said mine i'm sorry well, it's, a, it's a huge brain fuck <laughs> <laughs> um but you know me growing up in rural new mexico um you know it was always about 
cookies with my mom. I have a twin brother, so I would just we would you know, and then the Secret Santa. We, we my mom would buy buy gifts, right? But then she you would pick a Secret Santa for your brother or sister. There's four of us, right? So it was like instead of buying all, instead of one person buying four gifts for four people, you okay? I got my sister. I buy a gift for her. My mom takes care of everybody else. So that's been cool. And also now that I'm like married and have kids of my own, um, they have their traditions that I've adopted as well. You know, they do seafood dinner on Christmas Eve. They they do. Um, Secret Santa 2. It's just, it's really, really cool. I just wish that here in LA, there would be more of a. It seems like Christmas is so commercial. I mean, it's commercial across the country, of course, because that's Christmas is like a trillion dollars. Of course. <laughs> but. It starts with Black Friday. Uh, no, no, no. It starts before Halloween, actually. It, it seems like the Christmas True. spirit or the Christmas shopping season gets earlier and earlier every single year. Mm-hmm. There's would, a Christmas aisle in TJ Maxx in August. Wait, wait. wait. And that's it. You brought. Are you do? You, are you a Maxinista? Well, uh, it's never the same place twice, which is great. But also, I used to work there. Oh, I mean so, that's the truth, dude. Me and TJ Maxx have the most Besties? intimate relationship. Oh, ever. Wow. Yeah. You, TJ Maxx, and Marshall. I know where all the bomb ones are in LA. I love it. All he the does. Way. All the bomb ones. Oh, yeah. I love it. But I wish that LA would. I don't know. Like, there's just not a feeling to me of the holidays in Los Angeles for some reason. I totally get that. I used to. I remember when I first, I've been here 10 years, and at first I always went home and thought, oh, I'd be so depressed if I don't get to go home. Uh, But then once I started uh, being in a serious relationship, and he works retail, so he can't come, so I stay here, and you do sort of make your own traditions. I actually wanted to ask, having uh, your husband, and he has one kid? Two. Two. So (laughs) what is, to me, I always think, the spirit's a little bit lost, but I think if I had a kid... You can sort of see it through their eyes, and maybe and maybe that would be exciting again. Do you have any of that? Um, well, they're grown, so okay. they're they're, they're <laughs> so nineteen now. and twenty one. Oh, okay. um, well, then that's but, over as well. But you know, what I I do I will say this, and in, in a roundabout way, I think they're not. I mean, obviously, they're not my biological children. But watching him, watching what, how he stresses about making sure their Christmas is special, and like the tree and the decorations. I mean, like they have years and years and years of decorations that they made together, yeah. and stuff like that. So I think. For them, adopting their traditions has been so special to me because I, my parents are divorced. Yeah. My, I, I didn't have that growing. I didn't have that mom and dad in my house. That you know, I, it was just it was different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole. It's, it was very very different. So seeing them and seeing how he nurtures them and how they and how they celebrate the holidays for me has been probably the most rewarding thing of the holidays in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, that, you know? that's what I feel it will yeah. be uh, at that point. But don't have it yet. So. I noticed I'm. I used to be obsessed with Christmas. So once it started going a little bit as I got older, I started worrying like what's going to happen. I like pushed harder to like make it happen, which only lessened it. Right. And I'm realizing I sort of have to live my life. And if Christmas is like a cute thing in the background, the memories will be made. They'll come on their own. But I can't force it because then there's expectations. Of course, and we know what happens. Right. Well, it's Christmas for me when I hear Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas." <laughs> Definitely, but sometimes I pull that out in May because I get too I, well, excited. I guess. Well, no. As that, a huge Mimi fan. That's the only song I don't listen to. Oh, Ugh. because you, you know why? Because you already have a man. Some of us who don't have a man are still hoping that Santa no. will bring that man under the tree. That's why you. Uh, that's why you don't uh, listen. Want it. That's the why universe you can't get with it. Look, look, look. The universe was good to you. Mimi said, <laughs> no. oh, Mimi said, oh, all you want for Christmas is a man? Here you go, Jason. Well, there's see, your man. The Some of us are still hoping for that. The, uni- the universe two-day delivered my man when I wasn't ordering him. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, God that, is good. Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, Christmas is uh, interesting for me. I came, 
I just started. I, I want to say I just started enjoying Christmas like two years ago. Oh wow! <laughs> really? Like well, even including childhood? Yeah, because I worked so much, and there was always a show, and there was always a thing, and there was uh, always a you know, it was always it was just oh, it was work baby. season. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now that, that sounds great. But as a kid, yeah, <laughs> it was just it was yeah, it was just work season, and it just meant a, a higher volume of, yeah, of gigs. Totally. So. You know, it was never so interesting, like actually. it was. Yeah, and I grew up here, so it was not. There was, there was no season. There was no weather. There was no. It was just like oh, horrible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just never. I didn't. I had zero expectations on Christmas because it to me it was just. It was never going to be. It was never a fun thing. It was yeah. always a like Sad. you do this because. But what changed? You entertain people. Um, and then I just I don't know I just started like kind of digging into diving into it and being yeah. like well there, there are things about it that I enjoy I so guess I this is going to keep happening well every plan year some stuff yeah <laughs> Blake I love how you're like you do this like you're this monkey that's like jump jump <laughs> well I kind of was you know I mean I, I enjoyed it but I was sure. yeah you know you're kind of a performing monkey yeah. to a degree and and yeah so it's it's nice it's fun to like sort of I've been s- slowly making Christmas traditions I love Christmas because there are a couple of things that you know make me enjoy Christmas like you know the whole tree decorating thing I love like seeing ornaments that I made in school specifically for the tree you love your own work yes so (laughs) I put those on the tree as a reminder Um, and now like you know my niece who's 11 now you know we add her stuff on there Um, I love seeing uh, the lights in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to find a neighborhood in LA um, to go and just like look at lights Hancock Park yes Uh, but my family and I we used to like get in the car and just kind of drive around to the different neighborhoods and see like what people did as far as lights which is great yes where are you Um, from South Carolina. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking of uh, living in South Carolina, the food was always amazing. That's why I remained a fat kid for so long. Because <laughs> the food is so good. <laughs> it was in just South Christmas Carolina. all year long. Christmas all year long, yes. And um, what else? Oh, and then, like, okay, so I was that kid that I was so excited about Christmas that I would, like, I couldn't go to sleep. I would like wake myself up in the middle of the night and always go downstairs to see if like if Santa. And had you're talking came. like 18, 19 years old. No, <laughs> twenty nine. <laughs> True. The, I was okay. So I was <laughs> like, like, actually, here's a story. I was thirteen when I found out that there was no Santa. <gasps> wow. And I was devastated. A bomb. Wait, show. hold on. I I was was what kind of devastation? Are was we like? allowed to say that on the air? Is a yeah. bigger question. <laughs> what like, kind of devastation was it? Like literally, I was like, "What do you mean? There's no Santa Claus?" Because like I was like. You know, I'm. I was. You know, I live in my bubble, so and I like my bubble, and I like knowing that Santa like came and delivered my gifts in the middle of the Who night. Who told you? Who that. broke the news? Okay, so I. I mean, I admit, I kind of figured it out when. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did at thirteen. You were like, wait a I second. I've been right. yeah. and it was because like so. I always thought that I was you know smarter than Santa, and so like I would leave <laughs> notes and cookies and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, you know, Santa, if this is you, sign this, and of course my parents would sign it. And then one year I was like, all right. So so my godmother and I want to go on a sleigh ride with you. So oh, I have I have smart. marked our doors. Smart. You know, this is my room. This is her room. Come and wake us up when you get here. And that didn't happen. Oh, and that was it. That was the so time. And you were like, wait, Santa yeah. would have definitely had time on his busy schedule. Listen, I have been good all year. Like when it came to gift giving, like my stack was. She was a cute. Oh, you were on that cute. good list. I, I was always on the good list. I, I was never on the good list. Uh, ever. <laughs> ever in life. Even at 37 years old, still not. I think some of the best Christmases I've had have been in L.A., though, with friends. I yes. mean, the, the ones where you have, like, where you didn't go home. The years you didn't... Well, Blake, you're from here, so... Um, <laughs> you know, the years where I just life. wander around yeah, the streets wait, wait, of Los Angeles yeah. being and like, I'm like, home! Honey, just, <laughs> just come. She's like... 
I'm right here. But yeah. I remember Christmas of 2009. Um, a really good friend of mine invited me over, and I was just like, fine, whatever. And it ended, it ended up being... The Grinch. No, because, you know, like, I, I didn't go home. I, yeah. wasn't, I, was, I just broke up with my douchebag ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. and, um, and I just was like, whatever. But it ended up being one of the most special and amazing Christmases for me because of we... It was just all the people that were there. You know, I used to be a dancer, so it was a bunch of dancers, mm-hmm. and you know they put on every concert tour imaginable. We were, it was just really nice being being around people who were kind of orphans, not really, but you know, right. and, and it was just nice to share, to share that. Also, two thousand two, I had just moved here to L.A., and I was broke. Had a horrible room and I had zero, like negative one hundred ninety dollars in my uh-huh. account with, and that's before overdraft fee, overdraft fee, overdraft fee. And I remember a friend just out of nowhere had text me and was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was just thinking about you. And he's like, I'm in, I'm in LA. Do you want to hang out? And we hung out. Nothing sexual. And <laughs> we went to the beach. We went to Denny's. It was just, it was cool. It was like a Christmas angel, a Christmas miracle, if you will, you yeah. know? And so those are, totally. those are always, yeah, it was really nice. I love that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that that is a cool thing, especially being uh, in the gay community, is that you do a especially if your family isn't comfortable with who you are, your friends do become your family. Yeah. And that does start the new traditions, which is great. Like Thanksgiving, I used to... I never go home now. Um, and uh, it's great Thanksgivings because our family of friends come together. And I love that. I yeah. mean, it's a truly an opportunity, whether you have the best family on earth or you're not friends with them. It, it could be a second family. And uh, mm-hmm. that's for a, a lot of people that's, that's what I but, used to do too I used to have uh, Turkey and Beyonce Jason I, Jason came to oh. them that's also true story. that was the first that year I actually met you yeah, yeah it yeah. was weeks be- it was November 2009 yeah oh. and Tony oh. was at oh, <laughs> precious oh, memory. beautiful moment but no it was amazing and again it was because I think that Adam you, you make a really good point about friends and RuPaul always says that you know friends are the family you choose right Yeah. and you when you are invited as as I mean I I was very fortunate to be come from a family who was very accept uh, sorry accepting of my sexuality and who I was so I, I my heart goes out to those who didn't have who haven't experienced that because I think if your family doesn't accept you that's even that that's just as hard as dealing with you not accepting yourself sure. but um it was I think that. It's so special, and it was so cool when when people that you just share a common, be, not even it doesn't have to be the whole LGBT component. Just being able to be around people who who invite you and welcome you and like you for you sure. is amazing. And and I'm I'm finding that uh, I'm finding out more and more that I think with some of the people I talk to in the LGBT community that they're moving away from that. That people are becoming more. Um, I would say clicky is not the word. Um, they're just selective maybe I, I had a conversation with a guy last week and he said he's new to LA he's been here a year and a year in LA is like a nothing right nothing you're and he and he's your baby right really good looking dude works in the industry works in the industry and if we wanted to you know compare him by the quote unquote hot sexy male gay standards he's amazing and he's like people are so not welcoming they're so not open to me and he's from he's from Idaho just a really cool guy and I thought to myself huh why is that? You know, and I, and I mean, I, but is he open, open and oh, welcoming? Oh yes, very nice guy. Well, this kind of goes back to what you were mm. saying before, though, about uh, our community wanting not equal rights, but they're not. But I mean, that is an epidemic. But uh, uh, an epi- it's more like a, a pandemic. Um, but why do you? Quick question for the panel. Mm-hmm. Why do we think that is though? Like what? What? I've learned in LA: the nicer you are. 
the more people treat you like shit. Really? Absolutely, especially in the industry. It's funny. You can send an email. Okay, true story. Whenever some my agent manager reaches out to me, I always say thank you so much for everything. Because mm-hmm. again, even though I'm doing ninety percent of the work, right, right. they're still doing something. Right. Right. Yeah. And the, no response. But the minute I'm like very short, very like to the point. Oh my God! Is everything okay? It's, and even with people, when you're dating, when I was before I was dating, you know, we're taught to treat people the way you want to be treated. Be cool, you know. All these, all these awesome nuggets of morality that right. we're given, and but you don't. That's not reciprocated. But you go to other cities, like my hometown. People, you say good morning. Hey, good morning. Here, like good morning. What? Like, why, why would you tell me? I good think morning? it's because what, when, what is that? When you when you live in LA, you I think people automatically think when you're nice to them, you obviously want something from them. Uh-huh. Whether uh, sexual favors, sexual, whether they're in a position of like power, as I call it, where like <laughs> if you're like in the industry or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and they're a producer, casting director, agent, or something like that. Um, so people don't know how to take just genuine people who just want to know you for you, I think people automatically just assume that um, you want something for them. Or uh, there are the creative types who are working on their careers and they're too busy for friends and don't have enough time. <laughs> the entire sentence. Just quotes. All, <laughs> quote. All that, air quote. But what it is is that they're not willing to give time to just, like, step away from, you know, the L.A. hustle and just... Go to a movie with a friend or go out for a drink or go dancing or bowling or, you know, just do something normal. Everything has to be so career oriented and they have to surround themselves with career oriented people. So, okay. Do you want to add something? Well, I just, I have found that this is not a native problem. This is a this is a learned problem. Yeah, this that's is, true too. This Absolutely. is a culture that has been created, and it happens to be like a bacteria forming in a petri dish uh-huh. in this particular city, and it is the worst of any uh, of any. Um, but it's not. This is something. I have a theory on it, but it would take way too. We'll we'll save that for right, another we'll day. We'll do a special, a special if episode. I, if I just give the Reader's Digest version, I will end up offending too many okay, states. Okay. But I do have a theory on on people on certain states that have come to California and created this culture that now. Other people come here and then find it oppressive. Yeah, and so I what, exactly what you're saying is true. Like the the walking down the street, not talking to people. Like that's such a perfect example. And people like, want to come here and be like, "Oh, I'm somebody." Yeah, so exactly. if you're nice to them, then you're not somebody because right. oh, you could be nice to me. Correct. So it's all. This I is, think that this is a learned behavior. This yes. is not a native behavior. And I totally agree with that. I think people move to LA and. They come here like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and then they they conform. Yeah, they conform to like this certain way that you have to. I'm, I don't know what it is. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, if no, you're just filming, it's air quotes. You, we're here for it. We got you. Know, we're here this, for it. Like, this certain way that you know you have to be and you have to present yourself, and you know it can be frustrating because I remember when I first moved here, um, a friend of mine was like. It won't be long before, like, you change. And I was like, no. And eight years later, I'm wiser, but I'm still the same person that I was uh, when I moved, only because I knew a sense of self before I Mm -hmm. moved here. I knew who Mm -hmm. I was before I moved here. I knew the people that I wanted to be around, and I knew... um, just who just I had a sense of you weren't self. looking for the city to define you no or I've define. actually become nicer since moving here I think I was just looking at a video well, the other day you. that someone was like I know you were oh, a real like bitch a dick couple years ago yeah exactly <laughs> well, and I've changed um, I've just I don't know how it happened but sort of my um, 
I was known for being really sarcastic and and whatever else. And I was like, oh, that. I mean, I wasn't putting that on. I was just coming out. But now people are always like, oh, you're so nice. And in my when I first would be hearing that. I thought, oh, that's not a good thing to be called. And that is L.A. trained brain. I think that, you know, Tony, I, I love what you said about having a sense of self. I think that, um, for me, I went through a period where people that come to L.A., the reason why people are so career-oriented is because L.A. is a city made up of prom queens and prom kings. Every, where they came from, they were the most amazing thing ever. And also, LA is, L.A. is full of type A insecure overachievers. Mm-hmm. People flee their homes for okay. So let, let's keep it within the LGBT community. A lot of people that come to LA that that are men. I've taught. Well, I'm on a very popular gay show, mm-hmm. and there's and when you're when you're around a lot of good looking men that are go go dancers that model for certain underwear brands and stuff like that, and you listen to them talk, they all a lot of them have, have the same same narrative. You don't uh, have to censor yourself. Oh well, I mean, we all know okay, that you're on Paul's Drag Race and the Andrew Christian models, right? So <laughs> I went to I went to Houston, and for Gay Pride 2012, mm-hmm. and we were at breakfast, and there was this beautiful young man sitting there, and he said, "Oh, I'm moving to LA." I'm like, "Well, what are you doing in LA?" And he said to me, "Oh, I'm going to model for Andrew Christian." I said, "Homie, really? Like, are you kidding?" He's like, "No." They, they, they want me. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so the more I talked to him, the more vapid and vacuous his responses got. And I thought to myself, wow. But it's people like said person that come to L.A. and and create that and create that Petri dish of culture. Yeah. that culture. But to your point about you change, you, you go through the whole cycle of being that douchebag per se and then you grow up you you get a little bit older and you realize that's not working for you and also it's so much work to be angry be competitive be worrying about what everybody else is doing and you're realizing that you're wasting your life because haven't you guys noticed well you're a native but when you come to la things move so much quicker yeah time flies it's 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 mind-blowing how it's july one day and it's january 1st the next and so you miss out on so much of your life with the hustle and bustle couple that or pair that or add that to your bad attitude your your bitterness about rejection all these things and i think that for me now that i'm almost 40 Going through that and coming out on the other end, I realized that all those things that have happened to me to that that I subscribed to because I thought I had to made me the awesome person, if I if you will, yeah. not, that I am we now. Will. We and will. I think that I think that not yeah. everyone. You come to a point when you you stop giving a shit and you and you're okay with being who you are. Well, you're that's okay. and now that we're talking about it, I realize for me, I never, I always was nice, but I was really I in L.A. since I've been here have come out but then since then actually become comfortable with my sexuality to a point now where I would be devastated if I wasn't gay so to get to that point I'm just happier so I'm nicer and it's a lot of work it It was a a lot that was your journey yeah exactly yes and so the people that we're seeing that are not like that they might not even be interested in that to them the only way to find that happiness is being the best being the hottest and making other people feel less than why are we talking about this But but sometimes it's not what Christmas. So I just, oh, I was just like, what are we talking about? about? Yeah, where are we? But sometimes it's not about you know being like mean or or whatever. Like yeah. a lot of people, surprisingly, when they first meet me, um, they're like, oh my god, you're such a bitch, and I'm like. I I can't be bitchy, yes, but like I'm someone that I definitely have a wall up, and once that wall comes down and you're you know welcomed sure. in, then like it's a whole different a uh, whole different ball game. But I'm very protective because I wear my heart on my sleeve. She's sensitive, y'all. Mm, it's beautiful. Well, she's sensitive. I think you She's I think you have to be protective though because 
again, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that when that when you grow up as a gay male, and you're 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 judged like okay, so. I have two strikes against me, according to some people. I'm black and gay. Mm-hmm. So therein lies, for me, a thought process that, that says, okay, I have to amass this thick skin, amass these survival techniques in order to just exist in my life. You know? Right. And, and also, when you are a gay male and you grow up hearing certain things, it, it, it's, it, it's like we go through life for Velcro. And things stick to you. And before you know it, you have all this shit that's stuck to you that's that's creating your self image the self image of yourself. So Tony, you said that you you have a wall up, you have a guard. I think in LA you kinda have to have that. But that's not an LA thing. That's just like life thing. If I live somewhere else, it would still be the same thing. But but that but things that have happened to you in your life have have created that wall for you, correct? Because you said you're wiser now. Yes, but I, I also am just... An, I observe people, and I figure out how I can interact yeah, he, with he you. Sure, yeah, he does observe people. I sure do. <laughs> and, and I observe people, and I observe, like, if, if you're the type of person that I want to interact with. Um, I remember there was a summer camp where, like, for, for weeks, I barely said anything. So people thought that I was a mute for a while but I was just observing everyone and seeing like who I can interact with and then once I feel comfortable with you then like you get a whole different Tony yeah and that's what makes up Christmas and and that is Christmas in a nutshell kids (laughs) that's what Christmas is really all about the real Tony (laughs) (laughs) like the baby Jesus if you order now he'll send you a limited edition (laughs) hey I sure will but I I, Christmas in LA I don't know I just feel if I could if I could have one Christmas wish for 2017 or 2016 sorry that would be to meet Beyonce Uh, no actually (laughs) I'm not a fan and he's gonna excuse you face um, that four album fail Um, but yeah I'm just kidding real but listen on the the flip side Mariah's last three albums were epic Phil so I can't really say that I mean this is someone who's a huge fan of Mariah and I mean her voice went away like the wind yeah well unity unity in the community at the holiday season I would like to bring unity unity Beyonce has bad hair karma because she always gets her weave stuck in one of her million fans oh but um, if I had one wish for 2016 for Christmas it would be for a really cold at least rainy day uh, so right. we're not going to get snow. Okay. We're not going to get snow. He right, Blake, Blake, when was the last time it snowed in L.A.? Uh, it was 89. You I weren't even born, right? It was on no, 90210 in the 90s. Uh, there was an episode where it snowed in L.A. And it happened in February, and it was like everyone just lost their yeah, mind. Yeah. It was I mean, like it was, a national FEMA. It was a state of emergency. There was this much snow on the floor. Yeah, but I agree. The atmosphere is a huge part of it. So... If but you're freezing on Christmas, count your blessings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Do you have are... a Christmas wish? <sighs> <laughs> I actually just I actually just wrote this letter to Santa at Macy's because when you do a letter to Santa, they donate a dollar to make a wish. So my wish, because I've been really good all year, <laughs> I actually wish for two things. To meet Beyonce and for a man. Okay. That's beautiful. That I, is beautiful. Is it, it's re- also, it's is also it really hard. that hard to find a man in L.A.? <laughs> that's a that's a whole nother show. Um, Adam, do you have a Christmas wish? <laughs> um, I wish to get out of here as soon as possible before Tony erupts. And uh, my wish is for my for per- myself personally. Just any your wish, your Christmas wish. I wish that for one day, not to say there's peace on earth, but like really, everyone feels at least one moment, even if you're really in a dark place, feel love. Oh, because that leads it. I'm really learning that like love it doesn't have to be with the person if you're doing what you love every day. If you yeah. are if you are busy and you take an hour to do to watch a show you love, 
it's literally what keeps you going. So, God bless it. Yeah. That's what I hope. Yeah, for real. Who didn't share their wish? You. I didn't. It's, it's, to way too, it's way too on brand for this whole okay. earlier part of the show. But I, my Christmas wish is nuclear disarmament in North Korea. Because <laughs> I'm sick of worrying about it. Yeah, and I mean, which peace. is important. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one and the same. But um, on that note, we, Jason, you're a dream. We, we thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I, I, Half I of this page needs to be crossed out because we had so much to discuss. Yeah, that's great. So, no, I think uh, I think we what you guys get do. To you. Oh, about what? I'm good, you guys. I think. I, first of all, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's. Thank I think you. it's. I think it's needed. I'm glad that that you that men. I always talk to people. People always want to ask me, like being what what is it like being a black gay male, and I'm just like, you know what? I I, I can't articulate that to you because. I don't, I, to me, my sexuality is like 15% of who I am. Mm-hmm. So for you to ask me that question means that you only see me as a black gay male. And I think what you guys are doing here is awesome because you guys are from all, you guys, well, I know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you're all from all different walks of life, but I think that it's good to see positive, smart, articulate people that can, of the LGBT community that can talk about everything and not just talk about gay issues. So thank you guys for that. And yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I would love to come back. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have to come back yeah. soon. Sure. Sure. Get on the couch and we'll, yeah, we'll kick we'll yeah, we'll you we'll the whole time. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Adam Salandra. Find me at Adam Salandra. Oh. And, and everyone else. <laughs> And now it's me. Hi, I'm Tony Moore, and of course you can find me on all social media platforms at Lounge with Tony or my website, loungingwithtony.com. And I am Blake McIver, and you can find me everywhere at Blake McIver. And our gorgeous guest, Jason Carter, where Hi, can we um, find I'm you? I'm Jason Carter. You can find me on the corner of Santa Monica and Highland. <laughs> Turning uh-huh. trick. Just, you, know, you can find me on um, Instagram. Oh, that's no longer there. Donut time is closed. I closed down. Oh. Closed. Find me on Instagram at Jason Carter Official. I know. I know. My favorite hell was gone. <laughs> and the Del Taco. Okay, but an, again, another sad story for another day. Goodbye, everyone. Thank See you. See you guys later. Bye, everyone. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.